Hello, this is Len Tengis welcoming you to the iPodcast AGCMO Weekly Podcast. In each episode, we'll feature information about a contractor, specialty contractor, supplier, contracting agency, owner, or legislative or regulatory issue pertinent to the construction industry in Missouri. We'll feature industry professionals and other construction industry representatives to help our listeners stay up to date with current and future trends in construction. So here we go. Welcome back to iPodcast AGCMO. Today's guest is Sergio Munoz. Sergio is the Outreach Manager for the STL Construction Career Center. Sergio, welcome. Thanks for being here. Good afternoon, Lynn. Thank you for inviting me. Tell me, Sergio, how you ended up where you are today as the Outreach Manager for the STL Construction Center. What does that mean? I think if you look at the resume I sent you, it shows a melding of two careers. 18 years that began as a um, union labor operator for the chemical industry in Soja, Illinois. Monsanto Chemical, Ethel Petroleum, and two positions actually, the union labor side and then the company side, which I was a frontline supervisor. I ran three units, four units while I was with Ethel Petroleum from a component, two blends, and a powerhouse. What caused you to leave there? Well, Monsanto paid for my education. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, so I looked at at my assessment of myself, and I had a stronger social component than I did realistic, which is being able to work with your hands. Mm -hmm. So you worked better with people than with machinery. Ultimately, I think, where I was going to find myself. Now, my third component was artistic, but I knew that wouldn't put bread on the table, so I left that one alone. And while I was operating, I flipped a couple of homes. And so I knew that I had to stay busy in some capacity and chemicals was as good as anything at that time. But yeah, there was still this kind of emptiness. And I started early in my career doing a lot of volunteer work just on the side. For? Uh, Habitat for Humanity, for the Gumbo Prison, if you remember. I sure do. The Chesterfield Prison. I was... uh, visiting with inmates as we were, as they were looking to put together a plan after prison. And I thought, you know, the only career that sounded truly satisfying to me would be to be a professional volunteer. That doesn't pay very well (laughs) either. That pays even worse than being an artist. Yeah. Well, so I figured, okay, social work is my my direction. Mm -hmm. So with Monsanto taking care of that and me stepping out of chemicals, kind of mutually agreed upon after 18 years, I went to work for the workforce development offices at the Slate building back then. It was St. Louis Agency for Training and Employment. Right. right. In 10, the old Laclede Gas Building. 1017 Olive. Right. Mm-hmm. Found people just like myself, just anxious to help. I chose workforce development due in part to my past experiences. And I felt the reward here would be to help some of the underserved folks in the community to step into a position that I once occupied, for example. Mm -hmm. And I was was very pleased with how that went forward. And so fast forward to today, 11 years with St. Patrick's Center, working with homeless vets Mm -hmm. from case management through senior manager of HVRP, which is a U.S. Department of Labor grant. And I put vets to work in construction. 
through St. Patrick's. Yeah, yeah, through the resources that we had there. And in the process came to know people like Armand Paulet, uh, Tim Klotz, since we, re- we did an mm-hmm. in-house tra- painters. painter training program in partnership with Sherwin-Williams. And I always recognized that one of St. Louis's competitive advantages is construction. And things of that nature do change. IT, for example, is now a strong suit. Healthcare, and as a generalist, we would look over the horizon. But we'd always come back to construction for, for, for a lot of the folks that we work with. Put a gentleman to work in as a roofer. We got iron worker back on his feet so he can go back to work. Place young folks into the painter's craft. And so I'm very familiar with those systems, how they work. And in my resume, I just saw the melding of these two careers, social work and construction. And now I'm in an office with an educator, a library science major, and a social worker. What is the STL Construction Career Center? What's the mission? What's the purpose? What do you do in there? I think the mandate right now is to help educate the community that there are livable wage jobs out there that are going unfilled. How are you going about doing that? Well, today, for example, I was up at Flow Valley with Tommy Pearson, representative of the 66th District. Mm-hmm. He has a mentoring program, and we were in a room full of graduating high schoolers, first-year college uh, attendees, and he's um, looking to have a networking activity, something that most kids don't experience in their lifetime until later on. He's trying to push networking early. And so I was meeting with young candidates, a few who, who I've, I'm going to follow up with or, and vice versa. Yesterday I was meeting up at the Crossings at Northwest. That's the county career center. The I-270 North Project, who I've come to know through networking, Vivian Martin, who's with the CPC program. And so now we seem to be like, similar individuals in similar positions and now we can work in concert she can lean on me i can hand her really good candidates and so networking is a key so you're working to connect the dots of all the folks who are trying to get young people into construction and you have because of your experience the wherewithal of knowing where to steer them how to help them get to their goal right that's that's one component i think when I came here, I had 17 networks from my previous experience working with the Latin community, the local black communities, faith-based, community-based, and then other community organizations in general. Well, now I'm up to about 40 networks that I'm mm-hmm. a part of. And so in the effort to outreach, it's, an, it's obviously to get as, in touch with as many people as possible that are working with caseloads or clientele, get the information in their hands so that it will trickle down to their clientele, and then they will call me, and then we will start this process of assessing, navigating, and helping one to decide if the craft is, is the right direction for them, and then which one. Unfortunately, it takes a lot of people at the top of the funnel to get somebody to the bottom of the funnel, doesn't it? We call it the inverse pyramid. Yes, it takes a lot of people. And so the outreach piece is, it has me on the road a lot. And it has me always building new connections, 
And here lately, it's been interesting. More of the schools have been calling me in this kind of slow period, wintertime. The STEM school on McCree, uh, Sumner High School. On my to-do list will be Afton High School. And it's, it's, it's amazing. It's just like for whatever reason, I'm getting more calls. Well, one reason might be I became a member of the St. Louis Public Schools hyphen business partnership. And so I'm sure my name's getting passed around. And I, in fact, I have a couple of messages on my emails right now from the stl.works. Right. stl.works is the program that the Regional Business Council is working on to try to get young people engaged in four different industries, construction being one of those four. And so I've been doing job fairs. I've been presenting uh, for example, with uh, the Save Our Sons program up through the Urban League, participated in Better Family Life job fairs. Um, you could probably say my focus for this year has been uh, the Promise Zone region. And it's, it's, it's opening up now that I've been here for, for nine months. What's the biggest barrier that you're finding with young people when you're talking to these young people at these different events? Right. What's their reaction to the industry what's their take on why they do or don't find construction as an appealing career part of it is lack of education lack of awareness part of it is them not having experienced it to the point where they can see it as a viable career option Um, you know we've taken shop out of our schools we've taken home ec out of our schools driver's ed out of our schools extracurricular activities out of our schools and so unless, and I'll tell you who's the best prepared for this, would be those who are from the more rural parts of St. Louis or the, the region, actually. And folks are coming in from Sullivan, Missouri. Uh, since I'm in the, the construction training school, people are coming and filling out applications for the cement finishers and the iron workers, primarily. And I ask them when they come in and they fill out, where are you, where are you from? And the majority are from the outlying areas. Right. And they're probably pretty well equipped to do the work. But I think one of my mandates here is to find local workers for local work. And that's, to me, a a priority. So you find these people, you help them understand what the opportunities are. Mm -hmm. They get in or they decide this is something that they're interested in. The next step is them actually applying and moving forward. Are you addressing that piece of it? Are you just building awareness, or are you trying to look at them through to entry into a training program? Absolutely. Uh, Highlight a few examples. Had a a returning veteran, young veteran at the Harris Stowe job fair, and he was in a dead-end warehouse job. And he gave me kind of a second look, and I put him into the BUD program because he didn't know for sure what pathway would be the best for him. And the BUD program is Building Union Diversity Program. Correct. And a lot of what's done with BUD is in-house. And he, he did phenomenally well. He's, he graduated and got work right away. And then I found a young Latin lady who came down from Chicago who had lots of credentials, industrial painting, which I'm like, you know, I, I didn't recognize it. But she saw my flyer over at the IDES offices and called me, and I put her in front of Armand Paulet, who was actually looking for painters at that time, mm-hmm. and got her employed right away. 
through through my social work assessment, I can see who it is I'm talking to and what the potential really could be. And uh, I'm willing to walk someone from square zero all the way through if they would go the, the distance. And there's also some low-hanging fruit that come and get put to work right away. I'm probably sitting on about five resumes right now of prime candidates, but we're in the slow period of time right now. In your perfect world, Sergio, you've been around a long time. You've got a lot of experience in this. We hear about the workforce problem in construction. We hear about the workforce problem across a number of industries. Oh, yeah. In your perfect world, what would success be? What would happen to solve that problem? I'm really liking the pre-apprenticeship programs, the five to 10-week programs that are out there. And there are some that are on the shelf right now looking for funding. Unfortunately, they all require a funding source. That is eye-opening, and I think it's very telling when someone gets to hear about the industry nonstop for a few weeks and goes visits the schools over the course of so many weeks and can make a educated decision. It fills in that experiential piece that you talked about earlier that's missing. And we're not asking for folks to come with, with certifications or credentials necessarily. We're looking for people who are what I refer to as cut from this cloth, who are trainable and can meet the, the minimum requirements. You know, that, that this has, for lack of a better phrase, the right stuff. And right. Because we want them to stay. We don't want them to, we don't want this to be a win-lose proposition because truly this is a win-win-win proposition. Everyone stands to win in this um, when we put the, the, the right person in the right position. What I'm finding is, is that there also needs to be a certain maturity level to succeed in, in this. And um, some of the, well, 18 years of age is the minimum age to get in. Some of the 18 to 20-year-olds haven't had the life experience yet to be able to deal with crossing over what I call a cultural bridge from the urban and unexperienced community to the world of work where they're tossed into having to be on time, having to be there every day, staying till the end of the work day, all the preparedness that goes into that is a different world. Yeah. And they have never experienced a job site like this before. And I remember when I, my first introduction to the chemical industry, I left a pristine training room for two weeks and walked into the first unit I thought I walked into an oil rig, and I asked myself, what did I just step into here? Mm-hmm. But I also recognized that this company was going to offer me excellent pay, excellent benefits, the ability f- for me and my wife to experience our goals. She would stay at home and raise the kids, and I would go to work. And it proved itself, though it difficult in the beginning, to have paid dividends on the end, on the backside. If I think I have the right stuff and I'm listening to this or I think I know some young person who has the right stuff, what should I do? How do I get a hold of you? Where do I go? I'm getting better recognized out in the community through the groups that are out there promoting careers other than college. 
so the schools and through organizations like community and faith-based organizations that are working to raise up their communities. But what they all have is my phone number, 314-678-1403. And my hours are typically 830 to 5. Uh, now, I'm on the road quite a bit, but leave me a voicemail message, and I'll be more than happy to get back to you, anybody, at any time. And that's for a school group, it's for a community-based organization, or for an individual who's interested in getting into this industry? Correct. And then I have an email address, which is smunoz at stl-cts.org. Sergio, you have a big job ahead of you. and. Yes. I really appreciate your willingness to take it on, and hopefully folks listening to this will take advantage of it and help us work to help make some young people successful. Mm -hmm. Let's make Missouri a better place. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again for listening. It's easy to subscribe to iPodcast AGCMO on any podcast platform, or you can always download any edition of iPodcast AGCMO at our website, www.agcmo.org. Thank you.